being a triathlete during the COVID pandemic has been challenging and confusing. So I decided to have a few friends over to my Zoom living room to talk about it. This was our conversation. All right, well, while Guy is coming right side up, I'm going to go ahead and get started. It is 601. Um, I want to thank everybody for, for joining me. Um, I am an introvert, and I was in love with Zoom before Zoom became popular. Um, these web get-togethers get have been my way of having everybody over to my Zoom living room, just not too close. So, <laughs> so um, I wanted to today talk about just being a triathlete during this pandemic. Um, everybody who knows me or even reads half of my posts on Facebook knows I'm struggling. Um, I have questions. I've had questions about what should I be doing. Um, very early on, I realized I had no intention of racing here. So how should my fueling change? How do I stay motiva motivated to keep even doing what I love? Um, and also, most of us, a lot of us are parents. I've, I now work 100% from home, whereas I was working partially in the office. All of my children are homeschooled now. And I already have this delicate balance of training, working, and, and being a mom. And now that's kind of all thrown out the window. Um, and I, what I've done was I've brought together some people that I, I really respect, um, Alfonso, as I said before, I, he's given me little tidbits of advice on how to balance my life with my training, and it's really helped my performance over the past year. Um, Vaughn is, her job, she's, a, she's a, a colonel in the Air Force. Her job is to motivate people, but it's also her passion. She runs Fast Chicks, and she motivates a thousand women across the United States to be the best that they can be. Um, Anybody who talks to me about nutrition knows it's not going to be a 10 second conversation and here's my discount code. I, 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 I love the products that I use um, and literally Glenda and Greg saved me from being becoming a full blown diabetic um, and they, they don't just sell stuff. They love what they do. If the products aren't top notch, they won't sell it. Um, so I really respect them for that. Um, and then there's Tientia and Guy, both high-performing professionals, bang-up triathletes, very involved parents. Tientia being a frontline worker, she is an emergency room doctor. And then we have Guy, he now, I, I'm assuming you work almost 100% from home now, right? And he, he's an executive yep, at Clorox, so I give him frontline <laughs> with that. <laughs> So I just wanted to get together and talk about, one, what should we be doing? How do we stay motivated? How should our fueling change and our supplements change so that we can maintain a healthy body composition and have enough energy to do what we need to do? And then just finding that, finding that, that tightrope line again. What, what are we doing to, to, to stay sane and to, to keep a balance in life? So I'm gonna, I want to stop talking. I wanted to keep the intro as short as possible and let them um, take the floor and kind of go through it. El so Alfonso, can you, can you lead us off? Because since you, you've been my voice of reason, 
and I'm going to get my little post-it so I can take notes like everybody else. Are you going to need more than a post-it? You're going to need a full page. No, I have a whole kidding. stack. <laughs> have a whole stack. So, so thanks for for having me on. Um, I, I mean, I feel privileged to be uh, asked to to talk to your uh, to the people that that you reach out to and, and to be part of this uh, panel that's got so many. Uh, really high performing people on it. So thank you again very much uh, for having me on. So you asked me two questions or you wanted me to answer two questions. What should we be doing uh, and what makes sense? And I always like to start out by saying, uh, we are all an experiment of one, uh, we, we are N. So, so there certainly is no one size fits all. So I'm not gonna be able to say tonight this is what you should be doing and this is what makes sense because what would work for me or for Vaughn may not work for Guy or, or somebody else on the panel. So uh, it, it's all very much individualized. Um, so I, I, I put it in a couple different uh, perspectives to help answer the question, what should we be doing and what makes sense? Uh, first of it, first thing is what, what goals do you have? Um, I think everybody started 2020 with some goal in mind, um, not just on the athletic side, like I want to go to Kona or I just want to finish at 70.3 or I want to, you know, go under 11 for a, a full Ironman. They had some goal and there was some plan laid out for them to achieve that goal. And obviously uh, on the athletic side, it's going to be pretty difficult to achieve some of those goals if they were tied specifically to racing, which again, a lot of us try to validate the training we do with the race, uh, the race result. So the goals are gonna be affected. Um, COVID, uh, you know, it's, it's had an impact regardless on work life, family life, you talked about it, you're working from home, your kids have to be homeschooled. The delicate balance you had is probably all kinds of upside down now and you're trying to figure it out. You're probably in some sort of routine by now, but it probably was pretty rough when it first started. And I think some of us, um, for example, initially for me, I, was, I came home to work from home and that actually freed up time for me. I didn't have to get up and shower in the morning, get dressed, go drive. So I had more time. Uh, so that was a, like a positive thing for me uh, as far as training goes. And then, you know, for, for families uh, that had uh, kids that are still in school, you lost time because you now had to account for that. And, and do homeschooling and other things that you didn't have to do before. So COVID had impact across the board. Some of it was uh, hard to deal with and adjustments had to be made. And then some of it was like, hmm, I gained some time back that I could use for something else. And then the third thing obviously is your horizon. Um, I call it your time horizon. You know, uh, some people have a short, um, I don't wanna say short-sighted, but they're, they're on a shorter time horizon. like. I just want to do an Ironman um, and get it done. And 2020 was my year to do that. And then some other people have a long, a much longer horizon. Like I really want to change my lifestyle. I want to be more healthy. Um, training uh, gives me discipline. Um, it motivates me to plan, to think ahead. I can integrate it with my family and show them a healthy lifestyle. And so racing is only a piece of it. And when that went away, they still had all these other things. But if an athlete was solely focused on, on that race, when these things fell away during 2020, it really had a bigger impact on them from a, especially from a mental side. Um, 
and, and struggling to try to see what is now my identity if I can't race. So my opening comment is one size doesn't fit all. I don't have the answer to what you should be doing or what makes sense because I think it differs for each uh, individual based on you know, your personal situation, uh, the impact that COVID had on you, what your goals were, and then what's your time horizon. But I will talk about a couple of things that I think you can do uh, to kind of make the most out of the situation that we're in. So I'll start out by saying, so what's missing uh, with COVID? Um, you know, everybody went through the disappointment. When you got the email from, from Ironman that said your race was now uh, canceled or postponed, you know, there was that like, oh, Man, I was just, I was, my fitness was really good. You know, I was looking forward to it. I'd already laid on the Airbnb. I, I had all these plans and now it's for nothing. So you go through that disappointment. Um, how you respond to that, I think different athletes did different things. Some of them just accepted it and moved on. Okay, I guess I'll race in 2021 or I'll do something else. Others kind of dwelled on the fact that they, they just missed that big goal that they had. It's not gonna happen. And they're not sure how to get around it. Uh, so I think two approaches uh, need to be, you need to have two approaches as an athlete when this, uh, when this happens. One, you gotta look at it in perspective. It's a race. I mean, there's people out there that no longer have jobs, uh, that have struggling to pay rent. Uh, and, and this is just, you know, yes, it's our lifestyle and we're passionate about it. But the fact of the matter is there are a lot bigger problems out there uh, caused by this, this virus. And if you put that in perspective, I think you come to realize that uh, we still have a lot going on for us, even though we can't race. I mean, mm -hmm. so I think keep, keep it in perspective. Uh, the second thing is acknowledge that that it has had an impact on you and everybody else. Um, once, you, once you embrace that uh, and you sort of figure out how it's affected you and what you've done to adjust and adapt to it, you, you really can reach back and pat yourself on the back because um, you know, in your case in, in, in particular, I mean, doing all the things that you had already done and then to add more to that and to still be where you are, I mean, that's the victory, that's a win. That's a podium place. That's a PR. Um, it's just not on a race course. Uh, so acknowledge that it's, it's affected you and put it in perspective. And if you have those two things uh, uh, as part of your approach to, to the impact of COVID, I think you're on your way uh, to making the most of the situation. So two things I think uh, that are important uh, in this, in how we adapt to the to what we've had with us, the first thing is what I call uh, athlete self identity. Um, and I know, you know, you said you struggled. I've struggled too. Um, and what I realize in, in in the struggle is that you know I, I I put a lot of who I am in the training that I do. Mm -hmm. And and what I the reason I struggle so much too because I went through a ten week period where I had some low back issues and I couldn't I couldn't do anything but walk. And that's so, so throwing the COVID and, and then throwing this injury and, and all the other ugly things going on in the world. And I was just not in a good place. Um, so 
you know, so you, you have to understand your, your athlete self-identity. Um, it, it drives self-esteem, it drives discipline, it drives consistency. And when, when you don't uh, embrace who you are and, and that identity, and then work through the challenges that you're facing, it just adds to the stressors um, in your life. Um, and it just makes the whole situation that we're in just that much uh, more worse. So my recommendation and my guidance is what you should be doing is maintain a positive athlete self-identity. Positive athlete self-identity. So, well, how do you do that? So first of all, realize we're not in the sport just for racing. We're in the sport because we like the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's good for us physically. It's good for us mentally. Um, when you have those good days and bad days, you go through that process of, of uh, of feeling good about yourself or feeling a little down because you failed at something, but rebounding from that, using that as a motivation to train harder uh, or to train smarter. Uh, so it's more than just racing that defines your athlete identity. Uh, I bet there's a ton of people on this panel and that's listening that's passionate about the sport uh, for the same reasons I talked about. It's good for your health. It's good for your mental, uh, both on the physical and mental side. So that passion, you won't lose that just because you can't race. I mean, triathlons and races will be in the future. They're not going away forever. We're just going through a little dry spell, a little drought. Uh, so know that on the other side of this uh, dry spell, there will be some rain and that rain will bring these races and everything else. Um, training is where athletes are forged that's where you become who you are the, the race is just where you validate that training but it's all of the stuff that you do leading up to it and so that training has to be an important part of your self-identity um, and so you can still put time effort energy uh, into that training that you're doing even if there isn't a race at the end of the training so think about it as a, as a time and place to improve on things that you're not strong at uh, areas that you want to eke out that little extra um, advantage that you that, that you've never really had the time to get get at, um, you know. So so look at training as an important part of your self identity and not just the racing part of it. Uh, and again, I think I talked touched on this before. You know, keep keep the goals in mind. I mean, just because you didn't get to a goal this year, it doesn't change what the goal is as far as it affects yourself, your, uh, your athlete identity. You've always had goals to get to different places, uh, whether it's travel, to race overseas, whether it's to get to a world championships, whether it's to qualify for nationals, or whether it's just to finish uh, a race. Uh, you have those goals and that's part of your identity and that's not gonna go away because COVID took away racing. So athlete self-identity, define it, embrace it and don't tie it to just one thing called racing uh and then secondly challenge yourself um yeah, again we see races as the ultimate challenge right getting that time but but there's so much more you can do to challenge yourself uh in this period of time without races um and i think when you challenge yourself you take the risk of failing and if anybody i guarantee everybody on here has failed at something personally uh, professionally or in sport and in in those difficult times is when you learn a ton because you if you took the time to reflect on what you did how you did it and what happened and what you can change 
you come away a better person, uh, a better athlete. So, um, you know, challenges bring uh, perseverance. They bring mental fortitude, grit and determination. When you get something that's really hard to do, um, that you've really got to plan for, think about, figure out your equipment, your nutrition, your hydration. It just puts you in that place where you get that sharp edge uh, because you're worried that you might not do something right and you could fail. And so you're trying to eke everything out that you need to do to be ready for it. Um, I think it gives you focus and direction. It puts you in the right, the right mindset uh, to do well. So, I mean, for example, you know, I told you when I hopped on here, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of doing my, what I call my personal summer challenge. Um, and it's today and tomorrow. And I, I, I did a swim bike run today and I'm going to do a, a bike and run tomorrow. And, um, you know, it's back to back big days. Um, and it's my challenge. I had to prep for it. I planned out everything just like I would if it was a important race. Um, and, and I think, you know, people are now chasing PBs for 5k, 10k. Um, you know, you, you can, you can structure a workout just like a race and, and make it uh, challenging. There's so many things you can do as far as creating challenges for yourself uh, to help put you in the right mindset. So I'm going to wrap it up by saying, and going back to your question, what should you do and what makes sense? And I think two things you can do um, is identify your, your athlete identity, um, you know, frame it with your goals, your, your long-term uh, goals. Um, it's not tied to just racing. It's, it's tied to training. Uh, and then challenge yourself, find things that you can do that really put you uh, in that right mindset um, so that you can, you can feel, feel that passion, feel that nervousness, feel everything that you normally feel when you get to a race uh, start line. You can, cre you can create that on your own without, without Iron Man or anybody else having to create it for you. And uh, with that, that's, that's what I've got. I like that. And it's not what I expected either. <laughs> it's not what I expected at all. Yeah, Thank you expected you. me to pull up a training speaks and show you a, a, yes. a bunch of training. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so we're changing how we train. We're changing what our goals are. So I want to go into, and I, I put up the poll. Almost everybody, it said about, if we look at the poll, over 60% of the people have changed how they fuel and how they use their supplements during this time period because they're not racing and they've changed what they're doing. Um, Glenda and Greg, what, and, I, and I know you just supported um, Ironman Penticton, kind of the mock Ironman Penticton, something that oh, people did as a, as a, as a challenge to, um, to kind of keep that mojo going. Um, since there are no races. So how should people be changing their fueling? What can they do to kind of maintain a balance during this time period when they're fueling and with their supplements? Yeah, that I think is, that's, you know, um, one of the things I noticed, Kadisha, you had put up a poll early on in uh, when you had posted this event and the, the two biggest things that people like, what is your biggest struggle? Uh, it was uh, their diet and motivation to train. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, you know, is just telling of where people's people are at, you know, uh, when, when this all kind of hit early on, 
you know, people did a few different things. You know, um, as Alfonso said, some people's time increased for uh, what they were able to do and train, while others decreased. People's motivation varied, and you saw a variety of people who were either eating like they were still training for an Ironman and not training for that Ironman. <laughs> or, yeah, or, or um, e um, emotionally eating, right? Like, I'm going to make this banana bread. It's going to make me feel so good. Uh, <laughs> became, if I can't train, I'll be a baker. You know, those kinds of things, right? So you that saw- That was supposed to be our secret. It's <laughs> <laughs> nay on the banana bread, okay? <laughs> Right? And uh, exactly. Or, you know, everyone's like, okay, we have to support all the restaurants. So skip the dishes and grab all of the, you know, so everyone's diet just, you know, it, it, it was almost like there's this unsaid rule that it gave us permission to do whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. And it was okay, which it totally was. But then, you know, common sense came back. And, um, you know, as Alfonso said, hey, you need to challenge yourself. And you've got to kind of maintain that identity. Um, in all aspects of, of your life. Uh, and so then we saw a lot of challenges. So like there was a push up challenge and this challenge and that challenge. And, and that's great. Cause that you, all of those things motivated people. Um, what did that look like for diet? Um, you know, what we saw as a nutrition company, it, it uh, definitely supplements and it, it, this has definitely changed how people are looking at their fueling right now. Um, you know, when you're doing your own backyard version, um, you know, you don't need supplements are a supplement to what you would usually eat. If you're not training that volume, you know, doing those 14 hour, 20 hour week training sessions, you're not needing the supplements in the same way. Uh, so we did definitely see kind of a change of what people were doing. Um, I, I think there was definitely, besides the emotional eating and that people were, um, after they kind of came out of that fog, we're definitely focused on how can I make the healthiest version of myself? So we saw a lot of uptick in some of our products that really support, you know, general health, um, you know, making sure they're, um, you know, getting enough protein in their diet or um, green supplements and things like that, uh, just to support the fact that um, given the situation, the, you know, the raised stress levels, that raises cortisol, that raises all kinds of things that, you know, potentially can, you know, affect the immune system. Uh, or in situations where people have kind of let some of their diet go, um, that also is taxing on the immune system as well. So, you know, um, Alfonso, Alfonso said one size doesn't fit all, and we definitely have seen that in the nutrition world as well. So what does that look like now? And um, we've kind of uh, taken a look at this, you know, we have a new routine now. I think people have kind of come out, you know, this summer, obviously in North America, where they were able to train outside a little bit more. They, they emerged from their cocoons of their houses uh, and, and, and figured out that they can get back training again. And, um, you know, some people got into the virtual racing. Other people became, you know, Zwift aficionados. Uh, and with the limited racing and, and localized racing, you know, some people even got to experience that. So one of the things, you know, we've been looking at, because um, now it's going to predict what is it going to look like in the future for, for racing and training uh, with nutrition. And a lot of it is going to be self-supported. You know, you guys all training for your Ironman, 
uh, races, what are they going to provide on, on course? Um, they're not going to have the same level of um, aid stations. They're not going to have the same level of nutrition. So can you do some of these events self-supported? And uh, I think Greg is going to pop in there and, and talk a little about, a bit about, you know, how are you supporting your own nutrition? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've definitely in conversations with Ironman, you know, things are going to change, you know, the way that they do things, the amount of aid stations. And I think, you know, like Alfonso said, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to try new things in training. You know, you've got the opportunity where you can, you know, maybe step out of your comfort zone. You know, you've always done things a certain way in training and racing. And here's a great opportunity when, you know, you've got the opportunity. You're not, you know, leading into a race. You know, you've got an opportunity to, to play a little bit more, you know, with nutrition and how you do it and, and the ways that are, it is being done, you know, in the past. And I think one of the things that we've seen, you know, you know, in our development as we move forward and working with different athletes around the world. Um, and, and I have to say, it's probably something that started, you know, two or three years ago, you know, more and more athletes are focusing on becoming more self-sufficient, you know, not, you know, relying on the Gatorade and the other things that are currently available on courses and, and trying to figure out ways of packing their own nutrition, trying to, to really know exactly what they're getting, you know, to be more, you know, specific on their race day nutrition, you know, building it into training. So I think, you know, one of the things that we're seeing, um, you know, as a trend is moving more towards liquid nutrition, you know, where they're focusing, you know, not eating bars, you know, not necessarily doing things along those lines, but, you know, working on things like super bottles where they're taking, you know, your standard, you know, your standard bike bottle and, you know, they're putting in, you know, 900 calories or 1200 calories of their nutrition, you know, concentrated into that bike bottle and then focusing on the water in your front aero system. You know, we've got mm -hmm. some, you know, great additions in aero systems over the last couple of years where we're seeing, you know, systems that are holding, you know, 40 ounces of water and, you know, are improving, um, you know, improving your power performance. You know, we've seen, you know, dramatic aero, aerodynamic advantages in some of the new aero kits that are out there from some of these manufacturers. So it's a really a win-win, you know, you're able to, you know, carry more of your own water, focus more on your own nutrition and actually getting an aerodynamic advantage and a watt advantage uh, by doing it. So, um, you know, one of the other things that, you know, we've seen become, you know, much more popular over this summer is people working on fat adaption. You know, it's, they've always talked about keto and, you know, keto's got a bad rap because, you know, you don't necessarily, it's not keto that you're doing, it's fat adaption and it's utilizing the fat stores. You know, the average person, the average athlete will have between 70 and 90,000 calories of fat available to tap into at any time in their body. So the goal and one of the things that I think people should be looking at, you know, during this opportunity to, to experiment is, you know, figuring out, you know, how to get into that fat adaption and how to generate that true dual fuel source, you know, even more so as we're moving into becoming more self-sufficient, you know, if you can tap into your fat stores um, and utilize that as an energy source in conjunction with carbohydrates, it allows you to you have to deal and have to worry about carrying, you know, up to half, you know, we've got a couple of our pros that, you know, we've been playing, you know, and working on fat adaption and, you know, they're now down to, you know, still utilizing the same calories per hour, but, you know, now 50% of those calories are coming from fat that is already in their body that they're not having to carry with them 
to actually fuel them through that training or through that race. They're able to cut back, you know, their inbound carbs by 50%, which again is half of what they need to worry about carrying. So they're, they're down to, you know, basically being able to do a full Ironman mm -hmm. with nutrition on their bike already, you know, not even having to worry about, you know, stopping other than getting water. They don't have to do anything else. So I think that's, I am know, not a pro, but I did do Ironman um, Arizona totally with just water. Everything that I needed, I had with me. Yeah. So it, it is definitely possible. And, and I think it's become, you know, it's especially moving forward, it's going to become more important. I think, you know, every place is going to be different and we're seeing different rules everywhere, you know, and I think it's going to run from, you know, state to state, you know, province to province, country to country, you know, we're going to see different set of rules, you know, as Ironman opens up in these areas. Um, you know, some are going to be loose, some are going to be just like it used to be, you know, and others are going to be a completely different game, you know, where, you know, you, you know, aid stations are going to become a disaster because, you know, they're not going to have the same amount of people in there. Um, you're going to have to come to a complete stop going through an aid station and you're going to be lined up. I, I envision, you know, people lining up to get into aid stations because they're trying to space. And what's going to happen is you're going to just say, uh, I'm going to keep going. You know, I don't need this aid station. And, you know, 2k down the road you're going to be feeling that and uh, so i think you know being more self-supported is is definitely um something that people should be focusing on at this point and i think to be more self-supported you really have to be in tune with what your body needs and i think hopefully that this time it would give chance uh, a chance for people to actually examine that a little bit more oftentimes at races people will just um treat treat all the aid stations like a buffet it doesn't matter what's on course. I'll stop. Woo, look what they have at this station. Look what yeah. they have here, right? And they're just mowing down on everything, not really paying attention to how that's affected your performance, your body, your recovery, and all of that. So, um, you know, in a way, this is, it has given us, and I you see we have to we see the silver lining in things, is it's, it's given people a chance to hopefully personalize their nutrition a little bit more dial in their electrolytes you know kind of have a have a chance to go okay i you know you can uh journal or diary exactly what you've used and then you can replicate it when you go to do a race that you know the race directors will say hey there's going to be you know one aid station um and it'll be self-supported in other words they'll have water bottles out there it won't be manned by anybody and you know if you happen to come in tail end there may not be anything for you so those are all things i think realistically looking forward that people have to prepare for so the, the more they know their own fueling needs uh and and how to do that and also how to have reserves um you know their special needs bags you know what you can do if if you know your nutrition falls off the bike things like that um so the, it just gives an opportunity to dial in that personalize it a little bit more for sure yeah. and they one one thing i can say about glenn and greg they they literally support athletes all over all over the world um and we you have athletes in canada cuba united states um mexico um everybody from the wts world champion uh, katie severus who's actually who raced today um jenna Nett, a lot of professional athletes and what one thing i can say is one they love nutrition <laughs> um and two they take the time to sit down with us each and every week from the age grouper like me to the professional and they teach us um 
how we can Im improve our performance and just improve our overall health with the product. So um, definitely experiment if you can. Um, they won't put in a shameless plug, but I will. Um, <laughs> I, I love their products. There's one product um, that I started using just this year uh, called Keto Durance. And um, I used it when I was fasting during Ramadan. And the days that I did not take it during Ramadan, I felt like a rag doll. The days that I took it, I was actually able to keep my normal training schedule. So, um, um, I'm, well, I was going to say, I'm not going to say, yeah, I am going to say, try, try their stuff. Um, and if you have any questions, <laughs> if you have any questions, you know, uh, con contact me. And if I don't know the answer, um, Glenda and Greg know that I will email them to get the right answer to the question. So one of the things, so we've talked about self-identity. We talked about let's experiment with our nutrition. Stay on top of your nutrition, but go ahead and experiment and look towards the future because it, it is going to be different. It is going to be different. Um, how do we stay motivated? Colonel Von Spencer. How do we how do we motivate ourselves? How do we motivate those around us? Because we're not all gonna, there's gonna be days when you're gonna be strong and I'm gonna be weak and vice versa. How do we support each other and how do we stay motivated? I haven't forgotten about Guy and Tiencia, so don't. Well, <laughs> motivation is one of those squishy things. We have uh, some people that are externally motivated, some that are internally, intrinsically motivated. But I just thought of a, a quick three points for uh, staying motivated in the COVID times, because that's what we're going to call it. Uh, because we started this off in March and we thought we'd be out of it by now. Um, so it's kind of gone into overtime for most of us in our brains and, and yes. same here. So I'm following along the, um, there's an uh, army leadership principles of be, know, and do, but I'm going to do something different. Uh, but just in case someone from the army is on and they try to call me out, I'm going to do something different. So, okay. All right, Alfonso, work with me. Okay. So the first one is be easy on yourself. Knowing that we do not have any races, like Alfonso said, we've got to um, change our mindset, change our game, change our rhythm. Be easy on yourself. Um, I think that that is the rule of thumb. We are learning this thing. We are building the plane as we're flying it. No one knows. No one knows what's going to happen with the schools. We sent our kids to colleges and now they come back. We had already changed their rooms into our study and now we got to move their beds back in. Who's with me? So that's happened, right? That's real life, okay? We have to be flexible in what is happening right now and not get so caught up in it. All right. The second thing is the no. So it's not the K-N-O-W, Alfonso. It's the say no to the social, social media churn. If you are one of those people that rolls out of bed and rolls right into the, the book of face, yes, you know, onto your news outlets and et cetera, stop Log it. Log off. Log off. <laughs> yes. Yes. Log off and turn on yourself. 
All right, stop doing that. That is going to drive you crazy, especially if you're on some of these pages where folks are like, oh, no, they canceled race XYZ. Well, duh. I mean, you, you, you got you to know what's coming. You, you have to be prepared for some of the, the races pretty much all year are going to be canceled and they're going to be few and far between, even if you do the virtual. So let's not get caught up in the social media churn. And especially if we know, Khadijah, what our triggers are. We have to try to avoid those. I have Facebook friends that are triggers. And so I snooze them. <laughs> I can snooze them for 30 days. And then at the end of that 30 days, if they're still triggering me, I snooze them again. It's really, really simple. Um, or I can just unfollow. So getting out of our heads, getting out of that daily grind of watching it, that's what's wearing us down. So you've got the be easy, say no to social media, and then the do is do something different. Take advantage of this time. Do the challenges. Don't over-challenge yourself. I got a couple friends that are doing five different challenges at once. If that's your jam, do that. But do something different. Buy a gravel bike. Go graveling. Focus on those skills that you didn't have the time whenever you were training. For, for me, I got to focus on yoga and becoming flexible because I can't even touch my toes at this point in time. So sign up for the yoga. Um, also the, the stretching, get your stretching in, focus on your core, those skills that will help you once race season gets back into the churn. You might as well pretend like this is winter training, right? Winter training, bike is on the trainer, we're, we're on Zwift or trainer road or whatever else we're doing, but do something different. Um, and that will help you also rekindle and find out what type of athlete you're going to be in 2021. For me, I had to find that new athlete because this year I had Boston, skirt, not happening. I had Penticton, not happening. I had ITU World, not happening. So all these big things are supposed to happen in 2020. I know I'm not alone. Um, you really need to, to dig deep and find something else to do at this point in time and something that is going to be better for you. So be easy on yourself, uh, say no to the social media and do something different. Um, also do something for someone else. As we get caught up in ourselves and we're like, oh, woe is me, woe is me. Yeah, it's bad for you, but it's probably worse for someone else. So reaching out. Uh, I have friends that are just getting started with cycling. So, hey, you, you want to you, you go for a ride? I can help you learn how to clip in. I can help you put your, your helmet on because if I see one more person with their helmet on the back of their head, I'm going to lose my mind on the bike trails. I'm really going to lose it. So spend the time with, with those that are just getting started. You know, give something back, um, something of yourself, and I promise you, uh, you will forget your woes, at least for that moment, maybe for that day, um, and you'll feel better about what's happening. So yeah. those and are just I'm, my little tips there, but I'm, I'm sure there's plenty more. Yeah, and my, my job is a project manager, but I like to, I, I love to plan. So I get paid to kind of do what I like to do. So what I've done is um, they have all these grants for, for food drop-offs. 
So organizing those and getting the word out about those, that's kind of taken my mind off of. Um, I've even taken advantage of the virtual offerings of uh, certification courses. Yeah. So they had the uh, virtual USA triathlon coach. So I was like, oh, I'll get my level one. Couple of days, uh, take that test, hard as hell, but you know, and um, run coach. I mean, there are things that you can uh, take advantage of during this this downtime, if you will. Yeah, thank you. See, mm -hmm. see why I asked her to come. <laughs> now, awesome. <laughs> now the big question, and this is um, this is the most complicated question. And I'm, I, this is why I brought Tiencia and Guy on. Um, they are probably two of the most balanced people I have ever met. Um, both of them have high pressure, high performing jobs, yet they always seem to have a kind word to offer to someone else. Um, they spend time with their children um, and they have both given me um, the best advice. Um, and. I don't know. Um, this one, my kids, right there. Just, just a second, baby. Just a second. Okay, I will. Okay, she wants me to mark her sign. It is complete. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, that, that, that is that is reality at work. <laughs> And things like this is our yes. home life are just integrating into what we're doing. So that's, Great lead in. That's just yeah. a, a case, case study there. And now they're, Tiencia probably has both of them, really. Like I said, um, Guy is an executive at Clorox, of all places. Tiencia is an emergency room doctor, so I'm sure she has COVID patients coming in. They both have... Uh, children and, and everybody, almost everybody in the metro Atlanta area is homeschooling. Um, they're still training. Um, how do you do it? And I, I don't expect perfection, but based on what I see in here, it, it's, it's, it's closer to perfection than, than, than I'm getting. Sometimes I feel like I'm failing. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm failing. It's like I'm working. Uh, I, I, I miss workouts because I'm trying to homeschool as well. Can you give some just practical advice, share what you do? Um, I don't know, share your pitfalls. Maybe just we can commiserate, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can lead it off for you can TN to find either way. All right, with that, then uh, I guess I'll lead off and leave the final finale to TN to say, hey, good evening or good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, you know, first two starter points, and I'll leave on, I usually leave on three, but I'll leave on five specific tips. Um, as I thought about, you know, where we are and things that might be instructive uh, to you. But first context is, you know, kind of, what does he know? <laughs> What's he doing? Why is it relevant? I, I serve as a head of kind of global engineering, external manufacturing, and technical services at Clorox. And we're, we're considered an essential business. And so when daily contact, with the Office of the President on getting disinfecting products to the marketplace. Um, and so we, uh, we produce about a million canisters a day and about 250 billion uh, gallons, uh, I forgot how many liters of bleach and other disinfecting products. And so uh, you know, my role is to increase capacity and keep people safe in the 32 or so countries in which we operate. So that's kind of my day job. <laughs> 
Um, in, in addition, in life, my gosh. <laughs> in addition, so definitely involved with uh, with with my community. This morning, we worked on mental health uh, for Black males, uh, which is an issue in general, much less today amidst the social unrest and then voter registration. And then I have my two children, Emerson and Victoria, ages 12 and 14. So a middle schooler and a rising first year high schooler and actively involved with the, uh, with the Boy Scout. So it's a, it's, it's a, full, it's a full plate. Um, but with that context, I wanna first address what uh, Khadija left with. Um, I fail and I fail a lot. Um, the question is not if you fail, but will you fail and how you respond when you do. I was ashamed to say I blew up with my son today, um, which should have been a simple ride to the lake. And, and, and uh, you know, I, 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 I apologize because he wanted to go down this screaming hill in the middle of the street. And I found out he had done it with his son, with his friend rather, without me, without radar on the back of his bike. And so I told him, I said, Emerson, usually when adults get you know, blow up is because they're either afraid or so I said, people are getting killed all the time. And so I, you know, I apologized to him. We prayed about it. And I said, you understand you know, why I'm, what I'm feeling and what my reaction is. So I say that to say that I, I am probably less perfect than you think, <laughs> but definitely most imperfect. It's kind of what do you do when you fall down, whether it's diet, whether it's blowing up or what have you. But that, that's kind of my context. Um, Khadija called this Cinco Fuerte, so I said, hey, what are five good points um, we could have? And I think there's five mental points and then five actions. The first mental point really aligns with what everyone else said. First is acknowledge and accept where we're at. Um, you know, like many, I thought, oh, this will be two months. I have my whole slate planned up, you know, from the February race and, and Cuba to Ironman Florida. And I'm going to use this weekend at, uh, at the One Love Century to peak to get my mileage ready for Florida. I've done that. Um, I've raced since 2007 and consistently since 2014. I am a gold guy. I was shook. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what do I do? Uh, you know, and, and I, it, it's, it's everything from like last year, I had a second place in one ride. And I was destined and my singular focus over the winter was to get ready for that. Completely wiped out, virtual. I've got no love for virtual. Then it's adapting. Okay, so if you can't do or be who you think you were, what are you going to do? Because there's no other choice. It's either we linger in it or to adapt. And for me, my adaptation has been on some of the virtual goals. Um, like I've been doing a lot of the Strava climbing events, um, getting Strava KOMs, um, working on technique, climbing and descending, um, doing doing uh, the Everesting Challenge. So that that's my, my current focus. And so I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna, just going to do the Everest, I'm gonna do the double Everest, because then you get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, and then being persistent at those goals and patient with yourself as you fail along the way. My, my greatest success was cracking um, at an event, at a prep prior to Ironman Augusta in 2015. I didn't fuel properly. I wasn't fat adapted. Um, I went out too hard and with too little too little in the heat and I, I had never cracked as hard as that. And I, I mean, I literally thought I couldn't, I lost the group, thought I couldn't make it back. Fortunately, I came across the store, got some diet, some, some Coke rather, and kind of dragged my butt home. And I started looking at, okay, what can I learn from this? That sweat loss, that nutrition, et cetera. And so that's became 
Um, I don't use FTC. I use a competitor brand. And it's my mistake. I'll be talking to Khadija about that. <laughs> but it's, like, it's not, not, not failing. It's what you do when you fail. Because if you don't fail, you're pretty much operating too much within your comfort zones. And then lastly, like what Vaughn says, is how do you serve and support others? Um, for me, you know, virtual races don't, don't really um, do much for me. Um, you know, I was going to share some, some pictures, but what I like is the, uh, the social aspect of it. I, you know, I, I tell Vaughn, I'm a hunter killer. I like racing, kind of chasing people down on a bike course. And I like the social aspect. So I had some pictures, I got a couple of pictures of training sessions at Alatuna Lake or a get together we had at Florida. Um, and so I'm really missing those types of things. And so in lieu of that, I'm like, well, how do I serve and support others? And so I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm not a coach, but I kind of mentor and I, I, I'm pretty good with technology. So I, I share what I know in different forums there and, and help, you know, help people where, where I can. So, and he picks up his pseudo baby sister when she thinks she can't do it again anymore. He literally seems to call me at all the right times, and I'm so appreciative. Well, that's the other thing. I'm a big brother, so uh, hey. So what 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 do you do? I mean, all this is this kind of words. Yeah, we fall down, we get up, blah blah blah. blah. You know, cinco fuerte. Five points that I thought could make a difference for me, and hopefully some of them may be relevant for you. Um, and regardless of your context, you know, some, you know, some are out of work, some are working harder, some are having riskier work given their context, some have children, some don't have children, some have parents, um, some are, you know, you know, some are, are just kind of completely mind boggled at the state of the country with the social unrest and the upcoming election cycle. I would submit to you that regardless of your context, these five points could make a difference because they're, they're, they're somewhat universal. And the first one is a written goal, a kind of a vision, really makes a difference. And so when I did my first Ironman, I put a picture up in my bathroom, in my office, in my bedroom. I saw that. So if I was doing something contrary to that, if I want to stay out late at night, if I want to overeat, I saw that picture. A written goal, not, not a PowerPoint, but a written goal, and maybe a picture to go with it, an image, makes a difference there. I've got my goal is I'm going to Everest. So I'm going to first get my 29,029 feet and then I'm going to shoot for doubling that. And so first day, you know, September 1st, when it opened up, had slept three hours, working late, kids was this. I'm like, I can't miss the first day. So 10 o'clock at night, I'm out doing hill repeats, getting my 2,500 feet in just to say I did the day. Now, the benefit of that, besides being psychotic, is it, 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 it rewards that muscle so that when the next obstacle comes into play, you say, okay, I, I, I've overcome challenge. The second one, there's power in community because each of us can be singled out by our mental frailty, being tired, but if you're working together, I mean, that's just since civilization, we, we are, we're made for community. Some are introverts, some are extroverts, but we're made to serve and support others. And I've got my wingman who calls me when I'm down. Um, I may seem to be up all the time, but I've had some pretty dark days recently. Um, like this month was the month that my mom passed away last year. And I was like, why am I feeling all of out of sorts? But all that stuff kind of start hitting me between music, et cetera. But there's power in community. And just like I call Khadija, my friend Batana just happened to call me at the right time. Someone else, a good friend on Facebook, she just happened to send me, she sent me this simple meme. And... <laughs> It almost brought tears to my eyes because it was just the right time 
where I was like, why am I doing this? Um, and I was so, I'm usually a giver, but when you, I was so grateful. Um, it was, I mean, they didn't know what they meant. It was just a click for them, but it hit me right when I needed it. Um, so power and community. Third is like Vaughn says, uh, some people are chasing 25 goals. Can't do that. You know, man who chases two rabbits catches neither. First things first, kind of what is your primary goal that you're going to go after? For me, I had a choice the other day. Do I go for long miles or do I go for elevation? I wanted to do a 15 mile with my boys on the Silver Comet. I'm like, I don't have the time. That's not the primary goal. In fact, my pastor talked about me. He goes, yeah, they, they say 25 is just for beginners. You need to be I'm like, yeah, but I can really smoke it, but I'm going to be doing 3,000 <laughs> later on today. So I need to save my legs, not from kind of doing sprints on the flats. I need to get my elevation in. So first things first, that written goal, what, what are you chasing? It's not going to be races. It could be fueling, could be fat adaptation. But what is that number one goal when a choice is to be made? You're going to chase that down and you're going to sacrifice the others. And then it's hard to do unless you form some routine or some habit. And so, you know, I, I like having a written tracker. You do that for a month and you kind of build your routine. Not that you miss a day. I'll miss a day. I'll miss two days, but I'm not going to miss four days in a week. And then when you see those holes, you go, okay, what are you going to have to give up? But having that routine. And then lastly is, is, uh, is serve others and bring them along for the fun, for the journey. And, uh, and because uh, I, I, I think when you when you do that, it, it's it's it fulfills your your purpose and makes a difference and uh, it helps you and your community adapt to to whatever is coming your your way there. So uh, written goals and a vision kind of power in the community kind of first things first or the contrary chasing two rabbits you catch neither uh, make it a routine. Again, there's, you know, we're, yeah, I tell my son, everyone wants to type things, but having things on paper with the ink, it, it, it's, sometimes, it's something that really gets into your nervous system that, that, that impacts your brain. There's research on that. And then doing it in community, you find, you find the rewards in, uh, in doing that as well. So uh, too much talking. Sorry about that. No, it's but, fun. Uh, it's all, it's all good stuff. And that seems to be a common theme amongst people who are um, high achievers, who have big goals in life is that they understand that service to others is, 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 it's, it just becomes part of who you are. And that seems to be a common theme amongst all of you. So. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many people out there that are, you know, picking up their bike for the first time. Oh, do you, you know, that they've uh, bought at Walmart or bought wherever. And, you know, guy, you all spending the time just teaching them some of the basics, you know, just setting up a little ride on a trail. Hey, we're going to go 10 miles. We're going to go 12. Um, it, it, it really makes a difference in the community. Also keeps your riding community a little safer because now these folks are learning the rules of the road and they're not going to, you know, be in the way or injure themselves or injure someone else. So on your left, no, don't move left. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. On your left. No. What? What? <laughs> yes. So I, I think it's, it's something that we are our community now that we've got a little bit of downtime and there's more folks out there than before. So Miss Tiancia, and I, I, I've already, I've already communicated to people that because of the, the just the wealth that's on this panel, we might go a little bit over. So, so I, I, I go to the mosque, but they say this too at the mosque. Take it.
Farah, wow. I'm going to need you to go on mute. Um, hold on, let me see if I can find her. There you go. Okay. And they say, they say at church, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> well, you know, you guys have already said so many things that resonate with me that I agree with. Um, I think from my perspective, one of the biggest thing that I've learned during this time is really to give yourself grace and to understand the impact that COVID is having. And, you know, I'm one of those athletes that I have my training peak workouts. And usually I would say I'm about 90%. And when this first started, there were several weeks where I was missing workouts and it wasn't because I didn't have time to do it. I would go out for a run and I would just start walking. And, you know, you kind of get a little down on yourself. You, you become disappointed, but then you take a step back and look at the situation. And I think a lot of us don't realize the impact of everything and what it has on your, your body, both uh, mentally and physically. And for me working in the ED, um, I would often go to work and I would have my N95 mask on, my surgical mask on, all of my gear on for nine hours and I won't eat or drink for nine hours. And then when I come home from work, I don't have any energy to train and, and I wasn't really making this connection. So, you know, as you start to realize that life has changed and you give yourself a little grace, um, I'm okay with 75% now. And what my goals right now for working out is more to relieve stress and, you know, just to improve the mental side, which I think is really helpful. I think all of us want to come out of this as a better athlete, as a better person, we're all looking forward. And even though there's a lot of negativity going on, I think that there is a silver lining and I think a lot of us will be stronger. Um, when I think of some of my best Ironman races that I've had to date, none of them went as planned. And there's always something that happens that you have to overcome. You have to come up with a plan A, B, C, and D. Um, I don't know who was with me with Chattanooga when it was 70 degrees the day before, and then the day of the race, it was 96 degrees, and none of us were quite prepared. <laughs> none of us. So I think we have to treat COVID the same way. Um, you know, none of us are really prepared for this, even in the medical field. We have no idea how long this is going to last. Um, we don't know when the vaccine's going to come out. You know, we don't know what flu season, how that is going to impact things. So I think we all have to find a new normal and find a way to continue to move forward. And what I've found is that even though there's a lot of things that I can't do anymore, um, there's a lot of things that I never thought about doing that I'm really, really enjoying. Um, I'm spending more time outdoors, uh, days that I would get up and do a five-hour bike ride. Now my kids are home, so we may do something else. We may go hiking and it's okay because I don't have a race on the calendar in the next few weeks. And I think that sort of flexibility is gonna be important to kind of keep- Thanks, thanks for asking. It's really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I would say is just for all the parents out there or people who know parents that it's really important that we help our kids. Um, you know, you take for granted all the personal stress that you have and being an adult, we have the ability to kind of interpret what's going on in this world. We know that the media can be negative. A lot of kids have a lot of stress and anxiety. They don't have that perspective. They turn on the TV, they go on the internet, they see the racial tension, they see the coronavirus, they're afraid of going to school, they feel isolated and they're not as good as communicating. 
So um, I know a lot of you said that, you know, what can you do to help other people? I think, you know, being there for your kids and helping them not only interpret what's going on in the world right now, but letting them see you deal with it in a positive fashion um, is really going to help them be able to power through their own struggles. Um, so I think that this really presents, you know, a lot of opportunity in how we deal with things that will improve, you know, racing and fitness uh, and just your mental game overall. So. Yeah, thank you, Tiencia. And that and that's the that's the kind of calls that you you get from Tiencia. Um, I, I remember I wasn't going to go to South Africa and two seconds after I got off the internet. You better go, girl. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. So I um. I, let me share some of the responses from the poll. Um, so that you guys can kind of get a, an idea where everyone's at. So I'm going to end the poll. Um, we have had out of the 53, 44 people have voted. So it's 50-50 on, do you have a training plan right now? Half people have a plan that they've mapped out. Half people are just doing whatever they can do to stay fit. Um, 57% of people have competed in virtual races, 30% no. Um, is this the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting? Oh. No, it's not. Okay. Oh, shit. I think I'm in the wrong place. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> well, if you're being Zoom bombed, at least it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't anything really. It was funny. It wasn't negative. Um, right. <laughs> um, so, so was he happy hour for him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked like he had a bottle of beer on. Um, yeah. 7% of people would like to. Um, so some people aren't interested. I, I did one virtual race that just wasn't for me. Um, a lot of people have changed their supplement regimen, about 60%. So people are experimenting, please, and, and do that. And like um, Glenda and Greg were saying, look to the future because self-supported races are probably going to be a lot more common. Everybody is worried about their weight and what they're eating. I have, I've been talking with Zsa Zsa, she and, um, and another young lady who's a friend of mine, Yakutala, she's a, um, a licensed dietitian. I'm going to get them together and they're actually going to do a cooking demo. So we'll look to doing that uh, in the future. Um, probably in the in the near future, because since everybody's so, because that that's a whole nother topic in it of itself, outside of just new, new, uh, how you're fueling and your supplements. What are you eating every day? Um, everybody's concerned about weight. I'm more concerned about body composition more so than weight. Because I've, uh, if they, my BMI has never fit that little model thing. I'm like borderline obese all the time. And I wear a size six. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like that weight thing. I think I have mercury in my blood or something. I don't know what it is. Um, the biggest fear right now, 30% of people are um, afraid of getting COVID and not recovering enough to race. They're afraid of getting sick and never getting 100% better. Um, Every, a lot of people are just afraid about losing fitness and never getting it back. Or I, and then some, about 40% of people are just afraid they're going to entirely lose their race mojo and never get it back. 
that that's I that's I don't know. I, I'm not sure what my my issue is. I know I'm afraid of getting COVID. That's obvious because I talk about that every day. I know Vaughn, log off, log off. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, it's across the board as far as the family work training balance is concerned. But this this conversation has really helped me. Um, how I feel right now made me realize that I selected the right people. Um, Alfonso went in a totally different direction than I thought he would go, but it was perfect. Um, and I'm really, I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys um, took the time out of your busy schedules to, to, to do this for everyone. I wanted to, um, I wanted to um, give everyone on the call a chance to ask some questions. Um, but I want to make sure that I do it uh, in an orderly fashion. Um, and we have a couple of people. And let me ask, I don't know, I've only spoken to Jorge in Spanish. I don't know if he speaks English or not. Jorge, do you do you speak English? Yes, he speaks English. Okay. Okay. So um, I want to give people a chance to maybe take 10 more minutes if, if the panel is okay with that to ask a couple of questions. Hey, Khadija. Yes. Uh, Weeda uh, has a question in the chat. Okay. I need to hire you to be the moderator. Yeah, that's a good idea. We can have one of the panelists kind of <coughs> monitor the uh, Okay, Awida. Chat. Well, um, Awida, go ahead and unmute and ask your question. Can you hear me? Yes. I just had a question about motivation. I know a lot of people mention challenges and virtual races, and I honestly hate both of them. I usually do some virtual races for a good cause, but they really do nothing for me. So in COVID and I had some heart issues and other injuries. So it's like every time I get up, I fall down, so to speak. So I was just wondering if I have any recommendations or something that might help my motivation. Anybody on the panel want to take that? There, there's a meme and video that I, I use. It's, 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 it's kind of from one of the Rocky movies where he's coaching his son, um, who's kind of languishing in, in kind of a bad place. And he, and he says to him, he goes, he goes, no one's going to hit you as hard as life. Um, but the question is not how hard you can hit, but how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. And so it's, it's, you know, uh, you know, the, the thing that, sometimes can feel demotivating is that we each have our thing and we think it's just us that's experiencing that when in reality we, we all have it in different ways um it could be you know tnc uh, hey I, i'm working you know I, i'm working you know 12 plus hours and in, in 95 and so not only the physical or the physiological issue, physiological issue but the the emotional stress of, of dealing with that um you know it, it could be glenda and team, kind of how you manage a business and grow sales and keep your staff going, um, despite the lack of races, you know, volume may be down as well. 
how do you continue to make an an impact business wise? You know, it could it could be you know me not wanting another call from the president's office about what you're doing about supply and having them invoke the Defense Production Act and take over your plans. But everyone's got something. The question is 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 how do you get back up? And 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 after a while, if you wire yourself, you can wire yourself that the victory is not in winning. The victory is getting back up and taking that next step forward. And so for you, if you've got medical issues, you don't like the event, the virtual events, et cetera, there might be a goal that, hey, you know, I, 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 I rode, you know, 75 miles last week. Um, it was unstructured. I'm gonna make a specific goal at building my endurance. I'm gonna ride 50 miles at my zone two, or hey, I've got a, you know, as a, as a I was gonna say as, a, as an older athlete, speaking about myself, I've gotta work on VO2 max. So I may focus my time on specific amount of minutes at VO2 max, or hey, um, like Vaughn like mentioned, I've, as I've aged, I've lost mobility. And so uh, there's a book here on, on, on kind of fast after 50, but I might, I might work on gaining range of motion in my hamstrings, but, but what goal um, excites you that you would commit to despite having those individual setbacks and then measure it over time. Because today you're going to get knocked on your backside. Tomorrow you may as well. But if you look at it over the course of a month, and if it's written down, <laughs> you could say, hey, I've had four issues this month, but I've risen five times. I started this month with kind of a one inch, you know, in front of my toes from a range of motion. Now I'm two inches behind beyond it. Yeah. And so we get lost when you're looking at it like this, but if you look at it in, the, in a period of time, you can see the you can see the progress there. So, and I wanted to add to that a little bit. One of the things that has kind of helped me too in terms of staying motivation is sometimes if you partner with people um, to come up with goals together. I think yep. right now everything is very isolating. The virtual yep. races, I've done a few, but um, I did a 5K swim. And a couple of my friends met me at the lake, one of them who just survived cancer. And we had our mask on, socially distanced. And just to have her out there in the kayak made it a little different. I had another friend who had a 12-hour uh, biking challenge. She did 211 miles in 12 hours. And a few of us met her for the last four or five hours. And we each rode 20 to 40-mile laps with her. And that was so motivating. And I think it, it wasn't just the gold, it was the sense of community, which is what a lot of us are missing. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say one thing, you know, maybe you can find someone in your community or come up with a challenge together so that you guys can be there together for each other. So TNCI kayak as well, cross training. So uh, if you're in need of a distance kayaker, I may, uh, you know, perhaps our time schedules. <laughs> That's like aligning two different, two different stars, but uh, that might be an opportunity to, uh, to work together. All right, so we have a specific targeted question for you, Glenda and Greg. Um, Steve wanted to hear about um, Jumpstart, what it's used for. Um. Yeah, so Jumpstart is a, it's a metabolism boosting product. So it's something that has, um, and it kind of works on a couple of things we've chatted about with fat adaption. So it utilizes raspberry ketones, which is a form of ketone that will help that conversion of fat to energy. Um, it also uses a cayenne pepper extract, um, green coffee bean extracts. Mm. So it has caffeine in it, um, raspberry ketones. It has um, 
CLA, which is sunflower seed oil. So putting some good fat into it as well. So it's kind of a metabolism energy boosting product. One that you wouldn't take in the evening. Yeah, it's something you don't want to use in the evening for <laughs> sure. But um, it's a great one in the morning, you know, replacing, you know, again, maybe replacing your cup of coffee, you know, with something okay. like that, you know, as an energy boost, something to give you, you know, that little bit of a bump in the morning, but doing it naturally with, you know, green tea extracts. Um, and, and it works quite well. I also saw a note from Fred asked a question about, Frida. it was a Frida, sorry, I, no glasses on, can't read. Um, Frida, sorry, um, just talking about um, appetite. And you know, one of the things, and, and another one following a little bit farther down on that too, going, I'm, I'm not eating, but I'm gaining weight. So um, it kind of comes down to metabolism. So I think what Frida would see, one thing I would probably recommend is protein. You know, get some protein first thing in the morning, whether it's a, a protein shake or or some, you know, some eggs, you know, something like that, something that's a higher protein source, pretty early from the time you wake up in the morning, you know, within that first hour, something to kickstart your metabolism. If you're not eating till later in the day, and you're not doing anything, you're sitting in front of a desk, metabolism tends to drop off, appetite, you know, is not there. And, and with that, there's no energy. Um, you know, also not into that state yet where you're fat adapted, you know, so the other person's talking about, well, I'm only eating once a day, but they're probably eating, you know, fairly high carbohydrate base. So they're not actually getting into that fat adaption. You know, um, I always try to say to people, you know, if you want to do intermittent fasting, you know, it, it's a great thing if you do it properly. And, you know, two, two additional things on, on Freddie's comment. I noticed during the onset of the social distancing and the quarantine, I was taking far less steps. And so in terms of metabolism, I would literally get up, you know, get dressed, sit at my desk doing teleconference, video conference all day. And so the normal walking, social, et cetera, sometimes I would, you know, in the office, I might go to the gym for a swim at lunch. I wasn't doing that. And, and you know, as a proxy, I was like, wow, I've gone from like 12,000 steps to like 2,000. Mm -hmm. And so that impacts your metabolism as well. In addition, if you're only eating once a day and it's not a true intermittent fasting, you could get your body to starvation mode and it has the, 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 the opposite effect. It's conserving calories and creating fat because it thinks that you're going on a fast like primitive times and you need to prepare for the winter. And so it might need to be that, hey, you need smaller, more frequent meals and an intentional uh, fast, but those two things could combine to create a, a, a doozy for your body. It's like saying, hey, I don't need to have a, an amp metabolism because I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting on my duff and I'm scared because <laughs> you might not get food. The hunters aren't bringing anything back. So let's conserve every ounce that we can. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's, it's hard to do because we all have, you know, challenging jobs and things just get taken away. Um, not taken away. We just, the time gets taken away and you realize that you've sat for five hours, you know, totally trying to get whatever work tasks accomplished but trying to build in some of those little movement breaks you know whether it's someone said boxing skipping you know five minutes skipping um or you know do you have a stand-up desk you could sit at or you know sitting on an exercise ball just some different ways to incorporate some movement in also helps support that as well all right this has been so helpful I, 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 I'm so grateful that you guys came together um, and the response uh, from everyone has been amazing. 
I'm going to plan some, um, another, have everybody over again. Um, have Jaja cook some food for us. I know if any of you have seen yeah. some of her, um, her videos when she's cooking and some of her dishes. And I just learned this morning that Guy can throw down. I'm going to have to find my way to Marietta <laughs> and um, <laughs> get, get a meal. But I want to thank you guys for, for, for sharing your knowledge, for sharing your time, and for sharing your love and coming over to my living room. I hope you've enjoyed being a triathlete in the age of the COVID pandemic. If you'd like to see the full video, please visit my YouTube channel, which you can access at www.kadijatriathlete.com. Thank you.